0: Well, in the summer of 2015, I was working my way through my usual array of road races and and trail races around Anchorage and I was finding as I was getting to the end of the races that I was having uh, trouble doing my usual finishing sprints and and as I went along, my chest was starting to hurt and I was running less and less air every race and I was like, this can't be good. But as we get down to uh, Tuesday night race series down into late October, uh, I got into one race and I ended up walking up the hills and walking in off the course because I just couldn't finish it, my chest hurt too much and there was just no air left to breathe. Um, I got to the end of the race, and my good friend Mary was waiting for me at the end of the race, and she says, dude, you look awful. You really should let me drive you home. And I said, that would have been the good idea what I should have done. That's not what I did. But what, I, what it did do is give me a promptness to, uh, to uh, get some professional help. So I went to see my doctor after I'd seen him a few other times, but I went to see him, and he said, uh, you really should get over to Alaska Heart Institute. So I got over there in fairly short order. And first thing they did was strap me on a treadmill and say, all right, hook up all this fancy electronic gadgetry on you and get on this treadmill and we'll run it up and see what we can get your heart to do. Now, they say normally on this particular test that they maybe, maybe get people up to a light jog or so. But in my case, treadmills, I'm no stranger to treadmills, and I had this thing in a configuration rarely ever seen. Because every minute or so they increased the speed and the incline, and I promptly had this thing up to a high incline and a high rate of speed and the nurse that was supposed to be taking my blood pressure had to stand on a stool to reach the height incline where I was. (laughs) And she had to grab my arm with both hands and hang on real tight to get the reading she was trying to get, because I was running hard trying to not fly off the back of this thing. And then then about the time I decided I couldn't really hardly run anymore, they said, quick, go lie down on that table and hold your breath while we take some ultrasounds of your heart. Sure, hold my breath after I've been sprinting (laughs) up the side of a mountain. But somehow they got a good reading and the radiologist came out shortly thereafter and said, well, from everything I can see, and I can't give the official diagnosis, of course, but you have, a, you have it looks like you have a restricted artery in your heart. Did you read the right test? Like the one with my name on it? And he said, uh, yeah, pretty sure. And your doctor's out of town for a week or so, but when he gets back, I'm pretty sure he'll schedule you for an angioplasty shortly thereafter. And by the way, keep this bottle of nitroglycerin in your pocket just in case. I'm 46 years old, my kid, I got a couple of young teenagers and a lot of life yet to live, and it doesn't seem like the time to be thinking about this kind of mortality, but here I am. So I go home for the night, and doing what I do I, after dinner, I go out in my garage and putter around to keep my mind off things. I decided it was a good time to fix a kitchen drawer that had been busted for a while. It was late, and I was tired, and I was thinking about more mortality, really not the best frame of mind to be uh, using power tools. So I was uh, running one board through the saw, and I stepped on the back of the saw to pull it through, like you do when you're ripping a long board. And I felt my hand get slammed into the table. And I picked it up, and looked at it, and realized I was missing a couple of fingers, a couple of tips of a couple of fingers. So I grabbed a towel, wrapped it on my hand real quick. And about that time, my son comes jumping in the garage and says, "Dad, what happened? What went wrong?" And I said, "How did you know anything happened?" He said, "Cause you yelled pretty loud, Dad." And I said, "Well, I'm glad you heard it, cause I didn't." Well, he was too young to drive. And uh, so I went over to my neighbor's house and kicked on his front door till he answered, and I said, so would you mind running the emergency room tonight? There's really only one answer to that question when your neighbor's standing there shaking like a leaf and bleeding all over your porch. (laughs) So we piled in his car and head off to the emergency room Providence there, and my son pipes up from the back seat and says, Dad, don't you think you're trying a little hard on the gory Halloween costume this year? (laughs) Thanks, kid. So we get to the emergency room and they get me laid out and they get the good drugs in and so I can quit shaking like a jackhammer and really let loose and start to bleed. <laughs> and they, they package me up, they get me patched up and sent home a few hours later. And the next day I go out to the uh, Alaska Fraction Orthopedic Clinic and ask them what to do about it. And they say, well, you've lost a couple of fingernails and the tips of a couple of bones. But for the moment, we can just put dressings on it and that'll take care of that for a while. Then my hand doctor and my heart doctor have a discussion about, okay, who gets to fix what first? and my hand doctor just looks at the heart guy and says, I can only fix his hand if he's alive, dude. <laughs> so you're first. So they get me off to the uh, surgery uh, prep room, and the nurse looks at my hand, she looks at my chart, and she says, oh, you're that guy. I've heard of you. <laughs> okay, and they strap my hand to my side to keep it out of the way, and they send me into surgery, and a couple hours later, I'm the proud owner of a new stent in my coronary artery. And the doctor comes into the recovery room shortly thereafter and says, well, it went well, we only had to put in one stent and that was good. And even better was, it was on the right side of your heart where there's three arteries. If it had been on the left side where there's only one, you'd be dead now. Gee, thanks for that good news. Um, so they decided to stay the night for observation and they run me up to the, uh, to the, night, to the overnight place where I used to spend the night. And the nurse up there looks at my chart, looks at me and says, oh, you're that guy. I've heard of you. So I spend the night in the hospital trying to sleep and listening to things go beep. And the following afternoon, they turn me loose, and, uh, and I get to start my various rehabilitative therapies. The uh, folks at Alaska Fraction Orthopedic have a couple of great physical therapists that after a couple of months get my hand mostly back in working order. And then I get this call around about early December from Providence saying, okay, you need to come down to cardiac rehabilitation therapy. What's that? I guess I'll go find out. So I go down to the check-in desk and the nurse looks at me and I tell her who I am and what I'm here for and she says, and she looks at my chart and says, oh, you're that guy. I've heard of you. Of course you have. Probably every nurse in Providence has. <laughs> then one of the inmates to the program looks over at me and he says, so what are you doing here? And I look around and I realize that I'm kind of the youngest guy there by like a generation. <laughs> and uh, I said, I have no idea, but I guess we're about to find out. So they strap us Full of a lot of electronic gadgetry all over our chest to, uh, so they can monitor what's going on and I guess warn them of our impending doom. And we get out in the exercise room and we start to do our thing. And basically, they just turn you loose into a gym and say, go exercise and get your heart rate up and, and get it so it practices to work again. So I get into one of my normal gym routines, and about five minutes later, nurse comes running over and says, okay, back it off. You're setting off all our alarms. You're well above your recommended heart rate. This is my warm up heart rate? We got a long way to go. And uh, so we have a few discussions about what is and isn't an appropriate heart rate for me. And after about three or four uh, sessions of this, uh, sessions of negotiating this, I get back to my heart doctor and say, "So have I got any limitations I should know about?" And he says, uh, "Not that I'm aware of. You can pretty much go do what you want." I say, "It works for me." So I go and uh, strap the heart monitor on my chest one more time and say, "All right, turn off all your alarms because i we're going to go do this, I'm going to lay this down, and I'm either going to bust something or find out that I'm going to be okay." So I put it on, a, put a, fire up a treadmill and start laying it down. And about 30 minutes later, we pretty much find out that I'm going to be okay. And I check out of the uh, cardiac rehabilitation therapy program with the least number of sessions attended ever. <laughs> so about eight months later, I take a team down to Lost Lake Race in Seward, like I have done for a number of years. And that day, the weather's great and I'm feeling fine. And I go over the 16-mile mountain in 2 hours and 47 minutes, which is my best time ever for that particular race. And I, think, and I think to myself, that day and a whole bunch of days thereafter, man, it's a great day to be alive.